You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Today we start Acts 23. And just to give a little background for Acts 23, I'd like to read the last verse of Acts 22. And it says, On the next day he, that of course being the commander, intending to find out for certain why he, and that is Paul, was accused by the Jews, released him and ordered the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to come together and having brought Paul down, had him stand before them. So here we are. Here's the setting. Paul is there before the chief priest in the Sanhedrin, and he begins in Acts 23.1. And Paul, looking intently at the Sanhedrin, said, Men, brothers, I've conducted myself in all good conscience before God until this day. And Paul spoke this word, conducting himself in all good conscience to vindicate himself, before those who accused him of being a lawless and even a reckless person. Then we go on in, in Acts 23, 6, Paul knowing that one part was Sadducees, but the other, Pharisees, cried out in the Sanhedrin, Men, brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. Of course, here, the Pharisees were the strictest religious sect of the Jews, and they were formed about 200 B.C., and they were really proud of their superior sanctity of life and their devotion to God and their knowledge of the Scriptures. The Sadducees were another sect from among Judaism, and they did not believe in the resurrection, nor in angels, nor in spirits. While the Pharisees were supposedly supposed to be orthodox, the, the Sadducees were ancient modernists. So going on in, in Acts 23, 7 through 9, and when he spoke this, a dissension took place between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor, nor spirit, but the but the Pharisees confessed both. And there was a great outcry, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party rose up and contended, saying, We find nothing evil in this man. And what if a spirit has spoken to him or an angel? So here Paul cries out that he's a Pharisee, and he knew by doing this that this would cause a, a real fight between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and what we see here is Paul was exercising his wisdom to avoid suffering <clears throat> persecution. And Paul faced his opponents here in a different way than Christ did. When Christ was judged by men for the accomplishment of redemption, he did not open his mouth. But Paul, as a faithful and a bold apostle sent by the Lord, exercised his wisdom to save his life from his persecutors so that he might fulfill the course of his ministry. For the sake of carrying out his ministry, he endeavored to live as long as possible. Then in 23.10 it says, And when much dissension arose, 
The commander, fearing that Paul might be torn in pieces by them, ordered the soldiers to go down and take him by force from their midst and bring him into the barracks. This was truly the sovereignty of the Lord to rescue Paul from the hand of the Jews. But the follow, this is verse 11, but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage. For as you have solemnly testified concerning me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. <clears throat> this showed, first of all, that the Lord was, the Lord was faithful and took good care of his servant. It also shows that the Lord vindicated Paul's use of wisdom to save his life so that the, so that the ministry could be carried out. Uh, when Paul uses it, when, uh, 2311 talks about testifying in, in 2311, solemnly testified concerning me. Here, testimony is quite different from mere teaching. To testify requires the experiences of seeing participation and enjoyment to spread the gospel through Europe, there was a need of living witnesses, not merely teachers, but those who have a testimony. Satan could instigate the, you know, the Jewish religionists and utilize the Gentile politicians to bind the apostles and their evangelical ministry. But one thing he couldn't do was to bind Christ's living witnesses and their living testimonies. The more the Jewish religionists and Gentile politicians bound the apostles and their evangelical ministry, the stronger and brighter these martyrs, these witnesses of Christ and their living testimonies became. The Lord in 2311, in his appearing to the apostle, indicated that he would not presently rescue him from his bonds, but that he would leave him in bonds and bring him to Rome so that he might testify concerning him as he had done in Jerusalem. The Lord encouraged Paul to do this. Then we go on to Acts 23, 12 through 15. And what this does is this describes a plot of the Jews to do away with Paul. And we have to realize that the hate for Paul was so strong among the Jews that they vowed not to eat until they had done away with him. But in 23, 16 through 18, there's uh, an undoing or a uh, revealing of this plot by Paul's sister's son to the commander. And when the Roman commander uh, heard of the plot against Paul, he exercised his authority and wisdom to send Paul from Jerusalem to Caesarea, where the governor of the province of Judea was. The commander sent Paul there secretly with heavy guard during the night. This again shows the sovereignty of the Lord to rescue Paul's life. And finally, in Acts 23, 33 through 35, it relates what happened once Paul was brought into Caesarea. And when they had entered into Caesarea and handed over the letter to the governor, they presented also Paul to him. And when he read it, he asked from what province he was. And learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you fully when your accusers also arrive. And he ordered that he be guarded in Herod's praetorium. Well, here's the end. We see that the Lord in his sovereignty has rescued Paul again and again and taken care of his life, that the ministry that Paul, you know, was... Uh, had 
would uh, not be lost, but he would would, would go on, and in Europe, that ministry would be fully released. So this is the end of Acts 23. In Acts 24, we'll go on to hear uh, Paul's defense to the governor of Caesarea. Um, But anyways, what, what a great chapter to show that the Lord is sovereignly caring for his apostle, not wanting the ministry to be lost, but that the ministry would go on throughout Europe.